Welcome to the Shoot in the Cube podcast, the podcast that's hotter than your competition cooker and your first wife. We'll be talking barbecue and more with one of the top pitmasters in the game. Get ready for juicy tips, saucy tricks, and sizzling stories that'll leave you hungry for more. Let's start shooting the cube. Here's your host, Heath Riles. How's it going, everybody? I'm joined today with my lovely wife, Candace, of course, and our good friend, Shane LeClaire. Did I say that correctly? You did. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yes, sir. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> so just a lot of people might not know Shane. Uh, you know, he's one of our sponsored teams that we uh, we picked up this year. He lives out in Texas. And so why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Shane, about your team name, all that, how you got into barbecue, all that good stuff. Uh, grew up in upstate New York, and uh, my venture to the south is I played baseball at the University of Memphis, got a scholarship there, wound up getting hurt. Unfortunately, ended my baseball career, but uh, I was a bouncer at a bar in Memphis, old Neon Moon, <laughs> and uh, my nickname there was Damn Yankee. So met a girl and uh, turned into my first practice marriage and uh, ventured on down to Dallas, Texas, uh, where I met my current wife that I've been with for 20 years. And uh, early on in our relationship, we didn't have a whole lot of money to go out to eat all the time. So started trying to figure out how to barbecue and had a little smoker and started figuring it out. And well, anyway, so the nickname Damn Yankee has stuck with me in Texas because, uh, well, I haven't left and gone back to New York or anything. So when we were coming up, we started competition barbecue. It'll be three years ago this July. Uh, three years ago this July. And just trying to come up with a team name and this and that. And I'm like, well, I'm a damn Yankee Texas barbecue. So damn Yankee Texas barbecue. I mean, kind of fitting and it just stuck. And I got on there and started messing around with a logo. And I was like, I hit it. I hit my logo like right out of the park. I loved it on the first try, you know. So I was like, it just stuck, and it just it fits me. I'm, I'm a damn Yankee. Well, you kind of tied in your logos kind of with baseball and barbecue. Yes, sir. Right, and it turned out I do like it. Thank uh, you. It's pretty cool looking. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Still trying to figure out this whole competition thing, man, because uh, the backyard barbecue is not competition barbecue. Like, what, what you like eating at home isn't always the best thing to turn in. Well, you know, turning in, you know, you're talking about backyard barbecue versus the comp barbecue. And so, yeah, it's very hard because you're going to eat all of that backyard barbecue. And, you know, you're not doing anything on comp barbecue, but, but preparing for a judge to take one, possibly two to three bites. Yeah. That's it. And so you want all that flavor you can packed in that. So we layer those rubs and do all that. But at home, you know, I still like a good salt and pepper rib. Uh, you know, myself sometimes, just something a little different. Not all the sauce and, no. yeah, the dry rub ribs. So what what got you into competition, though? Was there a person you knew or you saw something and thought, oh, I want to enter that? Or what what got you into your first contest? Uh, in all honesty, my, my boys graduated college. They weren't playing college football anymore, and my wife and I were road warriors. I mean, we would go to every college football game we could. Well, they graduate college. My wife and I are both college athletes. We're competitive. And I'm sitting at home, no joke, watching Barbecue Pitmasters three years ago. <laughs> I'd never seen the show before. And I've binge watched it season one, season every dang season. And uh, I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. And started trying to figure it out. Well, <laughs> the first year, and I met you at the Royal. Boy, we cooked some Texas barbecue at the Royal. <laughs> It was not good. Well, you was, know. Everybody said they wanted that it would be the barbecue they want to eat at home, but they're like, you boys ain't going to win with this up here. So yeah. You got to have a sweet tooth, don't you? Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. But, uh, man, I'll tell you, you're coming on your team, your your injects and your rubs have really changed our game. Our scores have skyrocketed. I mean, they really have. 
I appreciate that. So yeah, I mean, uh, our last comp, we're we're cooking primarily nothing but your product. Uh, we landed at six ninety seven, which is our best score ever. So we'll take it. Hoping for better this weekend, but yeah, you were in a uh, tough field of cooks there. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it, it was, I know Travis Clark cooked that contest, and uh, who else was there? Uh, Meet Rushmore was there. Yeah, Meet Rushmore. It was a lot of high end teams at that it, contest. It, so they're, yeah. they're facing the points, yes, sir. I mean, that's, that's good. So how many comps are you going to do this year? I'm going to try and do 14 to 16 this year, give or take. If we start winning more, you know, you get hooked and try and find more comps to get in. We know how that is. Start <laughs> winning and start rolling a little more. Well, well talking about comp barbecue, what is your, what's your best category so far that you feel like you've mastered or, or come advanced at so far? Man, somehow we've been, have known, become known as the chicken man. We just seem to snag chicken calls at more contests than not. Uh, got lucky last year at the Royal and walked the stage with a 180 on chicken. So, yeah, we tied for first, and a couple tiebreakers later, we wound up third, but still got to walk the stage at the Royal, and only our second year as a team, so I didn't know how to act, man. Me and my wife were looking at each other. We didn't know how to act, what to do. I mean, it was crazy. But it was, that's probably, yeah, chicken. We love, we got our chicken recipe, and it's just been running pretty smooth for us. So, so are you running thighs or legs? Legs. Legs. I used to run thighs, man, but, man, heck with all that. Well, I'm a leg man myself. Are you? Yes, I am. I just cannot bring myself to trim competition thighs as long as it takes of scraping skin, squaring them up, you know, just mess that leg. I can take a dry paper towel and <laughs> kind of pull the skin down, stretch it, cut it off with scissors, and I, I weigh it. Yeah. And I'll get in batches, and then I'll figure out how much I need to trim off each one. I'll pull the skin back and just take a nip at the bottom of the chicken off, you know what I mean? Yep. And I get them all within about a, what, an eighth to a quarter of an ounce yeah. each other. And um, it takes literally, I'm going to say a minute a leg is yeah. what I tell people is what about the average is. So, you know, 20 minutes, I've trimmed chicken. And uh, it's a lot better than an hour and 20 minutes trying to trim the same amount of thighs. Correct. I, I, don't get me wrong. One of my wife's favorite things to eat at home is chicken thighs. I mean, we'll, we'll throw down and cook them at home. But like you said, the heck with all that trimming and scraping and trying to be perfectly square and uh, all that kind of stuff. And my wife will tell you, I'm, I'm a bull in a china shop. So coming to all that fine precision cutting, trimming out like about the sixth or seventh one, I'll just out the window. <laughs> you're done. Well, what is your worst category at competition barbecue right now? Uh, and brisket's been whooping my tail. Uh, I'll cook two or three perfect briskets in a row, and then the next one will just way off kilter. Well, what do you think does that? Well, <laughs> throw myself under the bus here. Last competition, well, the two competitions before the last one, we had two second-place briskets since uh, switching to your inject. And this last one, well, I forgot to replenish my inventory, and I didn't have any of your beef inject. So I threw a <laughs> recipe together that really wasn't that good. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it kind of whooped me. It was the last weekend was the recipe. I mean, I know where I screwed up, but uh, – I'm, I'm restocked and ready to go this weekend. So you're not going to leave anything at home now, right? No, sir. No, I usually make a list and check it twice, you know. But, uh, yeah, last, last weekend was a last-minute decision to go cook, too, just to cook. Yeah, I ran out there with frozen ribs, frozen chicken, defrosting it as I go. And I had a brisket in the fridge already thawed. So, I mean, yeah, that's where that worked out for me. But, yeah, brisket's whooping my tail pretty good. Well, as far as, you know, traveling, how far out do y'all travel to cook? So, we're in North Texas. We're 30 minutes south of the Oklahoma border, so we usually run three to four hours up in Oklahoma. Uh, we'll, we'll run up to Springfield, Missouri here in June, and we're going to cook that one. Um, but 
we typically try and stay three to four hours from the house so it's pretty manageable and not miserable and we can get home after a competition on saturday night and not have to wait till sunday morning but uh the big competitions we'll run out like this one was an eight hour drive for us but we'll run up to the royal but we don't run up to kansas city we don't we don't try and do seven eight hours too much we try to stay around the five hour window and under yeah, and that's kind of the same way we were doing. We were cooking around the Memphis area here, even though we live in all the branch outside of Memphis. Um, we've got, I'm going to I bet there's 30 or more contests within four hours of us. You know, we can awesome. be in Illinois in three hours, three and a half. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, being centrally located here over in Alabama and down south. And we have a lot of Memphis style contests here and a lot of KCBS and a lot of SCA events. Yeah. Uh, very fortunate with that. But we do like some of the uh, contests. I mean, I'm like you, I take. We go to the Royal every year, and what's it take, about nine, eight or nine hours for us to get to the Royal? It, yeah, about that, at least. And uh, we love going to Galax, Virginia. If you want to get crazy one of these days, you should go to do the duel or, or come up there or something to yeah. Galax, Virginia. I will say that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure every podcast, you're probably always going to hear me say Murfreesboro, to Illinois, is my favorite contest. Uh, just You know, it was very, my very first grand championship, yeah. and uh, I don't know that the the ambience and the atmosphere and the people and time of the year, the fall. I mean, all of it just. That's a lot of people's favorite contests, though. Yes, um, I mean. I, a few people that we've had done podcasts also said that's their favorite. So it's, it's a popular contest. Yeah, last night I was talking to Jordan Kirkpatrick with Janky Leg, and he's saying he's cooking that one. And I was looking at it, I was like, oh, maybe I should go. And I pulled it up, and it's like nine hours. Yeah. At an hour pulling a camper, you know. It's like, yeah, it's a little further than we want to run right now. So It is a um, – it, it's one of those events, so for out-of-town people that usually catch an event going, you know, and then come on and, and stay there because they'll let you pull in a week early, plug in a power, you know, hang out all week at the restaurant in town. You can go visit and do stuff or whatever. And uh, and that's what we like about it. It's actually an Amish community right outside of there. Mm-hmm. You got Pat's Barbecue, you know, which is true legend, you know, Pat Burke. Mm-hmm. And and so got to go check out his joint along with you know 17th Street in Murfreesboro. You have all the orchards there too. Yeah, all the orchards and the fresh jellies and jams and wood, wood and, and peach uh, wood. <laughs> and that's where I got into peach wood and peach chips. And uh, really? I use peach chips as a finisher a lot of times. Do you really? Yes, I do. I've tested every kind of wood chip there is as far as throwing on the fire. And I've started out with hickory, pecan, cherry. I mean, I post oak. I've used it all. And it seems like to me across the board that the peach trimmings or or peach shavings, whatever you want to call it, chips, uh, throwed on the fire does not put a harsh taste on the on the meat itself. And so it just seems like that that soft smoke, when it bellows, once you saw something up, mm-hmm. it attaches to it in such a way that it's a, just mild and just right enough for that judge. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Candace? I mean, yeah, I, and you're welcome for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, yeah. she, she was having to order my peach chips there for a while because we were running out of them. Um, we got them in a gift um, so if you first. do ever go to Murfreesboro, one of the things that they're known for, they give a huge basket where they're like a bushel basket. Like a welcome or, basket. Yeah. But know. it's like a bushel. What are those baskets? It's a bushel like? basket. Yeah. And it's full. And like they used to. Of wood? I, no. Oh. Everything. Oh, everything. That you can think of. Six pack of beer, <laughs> at least. A bottle of liquor. What else? Um, The local bakery there makes homemade cookies. So everybody gets, I think it's at least six cookies mm-hmm. homemade. Um, the local orchards give, you know, whether it's apple butter, peach butter, whatever. So there's at least two jars of that usually. Um, 
that's where we discovered the peach wood chips. That's where we're going with this. Bag of them in there. Um, from a local orchard there. Um, but, I mean, it's just full of all kinds of things, really. You know, pens, pencils, notepads. Uh, just little trinkets, little trivets. Just It's a swag. Just And your T-shirt. They give you bags of charcoal when you walk out the door. Tell yes. you to grab you a bag of charcoal. That's not terrible. The hospitality is great yeah. there. It is. Yes, you have to take almost two people, and one year they give everybody a case of beer. And, and now they do six packs, but at one point, they the first two years we went up there, you got a case of beer and a bag of charcoal and a bushel basket when you walked out the door. They had pallets set down out front. So you come out of the cook's meeting, and you had to grab that, that charcoal and that beer. Man. And you had a bottle of liquor, you know, <laughs> in the basket. And so it's kind of... Yeah, they have local distilleries up there. Mm-hmm. And so it's always, uh, you know, thinking about it. It's not only liquor. They do some uh, high-gravity beers, one or two of them in there. And yeah, it's yeah. always a lot of stuff, um, which is really cool. The, the community really gives in and, you know, don't. I guess I'm sure it's all donated, most of it, I would think, to the baskets and all the local, like I said, orchards, breweries, bakeries. They just all pitch in as a town. So it's pretty cool. Being in Texas, I always have to ask, what's your favorite barbecue joint in Texas? Oh, man. Well, pretty lucky right in our backyard is Hutchins Barbecue. In McKinney, Texas, they're always usually top one, if not top five in, in Texas. Hutchins, man, they've, they've just got it figured out uh, as far as Texas barbecue. That's where I learned how to make the Texas Twinkies, you know, the stuffed jalapenos or brisket and cheese and wrapped in bacon. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, uh, Hutchins barbecue, i got to say, is, and I'm lucky because it's like 10 minutes from the house. So I don't have to go down to Austin or. Now, how far? McKinney is right there by you? Yes, sir. It's two towns to the south. So what else is in McKinney? What are the barbecue restaurants? Because that name is ringing a bell with me. Is uh, Let's see other uh, chain out there the gentleman's got. Um, be terrible for not thinking of this right now. Oh, uh, well, Tory Hunter owns Tender Barbecue. I don't know if you've had that. It's a new kind of a new barbecue restaurant that he's opened up. He, he played for the Minnesota Twins. He's opening one of those in my hometown, actually, in Van Alstine. I don't know. Have you ever been to Valentina's? In Austin? You know, I went down to cook the Austin Rodeo, and a buddy of mine went there to go have breakfast, and he didn't come and knock on my trailer door, so I didn't get to go that morning. Man. And then we were too busy to go, but I've heard Valentina's is, like, for breakfast is amazing. Mm-hmm. Holy grail. And then, Holy grail. Is it? Yes. And then a month earlier, we were in Seguin cooking a comp down there. And Burnt Bean is there, and they're only open for breakfast on Sundays. Well, we got out of there at like 6 in the morning to get home, so we didn't we didn't go get in line to get breakfast. But I've heard Burnt Bean Company and Seguin is. That is, um, honestly, I really want to go see Ernest. Yeah. Uh, you know, he just got nominated for, I think, James Beard. Did he and, really? Yes. That's and cool. And the pictures that he puts up every day online of just the food at the restaurant, trays going out and whatnot, incredible. Yeah. Um, and everybody that's had it uh, just just raves over his place. But he that is one gentleman that has worked his tail off to get where he's at, and my hat's off to him because, you know, he's getting the reviews and the lines are out the door. we got a guy in North Texas. Uh, he opened up a, a barbecue restaurant in Arlington, Hurtado Barbecue. Might be the one you've been thinking of, but Brandon Hurtado, that guy he calls it Mexicu. Um, but he's killing it. He just got a permanent place at Ranger Stadium for the baseball games and stuff. I have heard of him. He's he's killing it. And his food, his brisket, elote, and yeah, he's 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 got it. So I'm going to ask since since you're familiar with Memphis, even though you don't live here, obviously you came to college here. Do you have a barbecue here in Memphis that you <laughs> like? I mean, some do, some don't. I'm just asking. We talked about that. So up in New York, growing up as a kid. 
barbecue was hot dogs and hamburgers on a grill. Yes. You know, we didn't we didn't have the pulled pork or the brisket or nothing up there in New York. So I came down for my recruiting visit to Memphis, and they take me out to dinner uh, at Corky's. My first introduction to anything barbecue. <laughs> and, boy, I tell you, it's still one of my favorites. Whenever we come to Memphis, I try to go to Corky's and get their pulled pork or their ribs, and it's just mm-hmm. – like when you've had something like and you loved it that first time, yeah. it's always going to be good in the back of your mind. So yeah. to me, it's Corky's. Not uh, a bad choice. Yeah, but everybody's like everybody always likes to talk like rendezvous. I don't even know if I've ever been to rendezvous here. But you got to go get a cold beer and a sausage it, and cheese plate at some point. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. You know, their ribs are different. Yeah, I mean they're very different. Like nothing else you'll ever see anywhere else, in my opinion. Uh, not knocking them, they're a great business model. Uh, but just to the atmosphere in the rendezvous, in my opinion. You, you can ask Candace, great place. I yeah. mean, some of the waiters has been there 35, 40 oh, years. Wow. And they're, when they retire, their kids take their spot. It is a family-type deal. That's cool. That, yeah. I mean, is incredible. Yeah. They, they've done a great job. I was lucky enough to service that account when I was in the beer business and become friends with a lot of the guys. And, and God bless his soul, Mr. Bobby passed away that run it. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a phenomenal gentleman. Uh, but the Vargas's that, that own it, you know, um, are, are great people. They, they are. They've done a great job and, you know, have pioneered barbecue for kind of the Memphis. Um, you know, they've kind of helped put Memphis on the map. So you do. We kind of owe them hats off. I've got to say that. So do you still like, are, are you and your wife still to the point when you do go traveling different places, you actually want to go eat at barbecue places? Or are you just kind of like, eh, uh, don't really want barbecue? Yeah, we, we're we're kind of barbecued out. Like uh, just yeah. this past week, like we're trying, like we've been terrible about repurposing our competition meat. Like when we're done, our leftovers, like yeah. we usually vacuum seal it and give it away to neighbors right. or friends or whatever. But this time we brought some home. Uh, last time we brought some home and we repurposed it and we made some shells, you know, pasta shell stuff with brisket and barbecue sauce covered with queso. But to answer your question, though, when we go to some town, like we don't go looking for barbecue. Yeah. Unless it's just like an iconic place. Like, right. Like, okay, we need to go try it. Yeah. But honestly, my wife and I's thing, wherever we go, whenever we go out of town, we go to Hooters. <laughs> hey, I like Hooters wings myself. The Three I mean, Mile yeah. Island Buffalo Shrimp and yeah. a cold beer, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yes, sir. 100%. <laughs> they do have good wings. I like their wings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, well, we have Memphis Barbecue Company here. Have you been down there? Did I you have been town yet? I haven't. I had a buddy of mine, Kurt Wallace, told me, he goes, you need to go run by there and try it. And he said the chick- cheese fritters. He said cheese those are really good. He said those are good. Well, I can tell you, if you don't want to eat barbecue, even though I do suggest muddy style ribs there even if it's just a half a slab uh they're great for a restaurant but if you don't want that you cannot go wrong with her catfish you cannot go wrong with her orange glazed salmon and um they have a donut burger which is phenomenal donut burger yes uh they they do several dishes you know what i mean that she twists on that is i mean great you like the meatloaf oh yeah and i was gonna say barbecue meatloaf is my favorite steamed vegetables with it um yes barbecue meatloaf's good is it in south haven Yes. Okay. It's not far from not the contest, far. but okay. it's very, very good uh, place. I'm going to have to run very over good. there. That's cool. Very good. I'm sorry. I keep yawning here because, you know, we're recording this morning and I didn't get much sleep last night. <laughs> That's good. Oh, boy. Uh, so, you know, talking about traveling and all that, what is uh, so far this year, what is the best food you've had while traveling around, you know, going to different barbecue cities and stuff? Because I'm a huge foodie. We are. 
Yeah. Man, I'm going to be honest. I like my own food. I cook. When we travel, like when we pull our, our work and play, our toy hauler with us, we pack that fridge up and my thing's cooking chicken wings. Like every, like tonight, every night before a contest, I always run chicken wings. Every night. So you want some wings, come by. <laughs> but uh, now we've got about six packs we're going to run. But uh, man, that's a good question. Trying to think, we go to the Royal. We go to we go to Hooters in Kansas City. <laughs> no, no joke. Hey, right there by the right by, by the, the Speedway. You know what? I've been to that Hooters several times and drank cold beer. Yeah, uh, man. We no joke. We go to Cancun. We go to Hooters. <laughs> hey, I've been in that Hooters at Cancun too, right off the boat, right there. Yeah. Uh, so, man, I don't know. I wish wish my wife would have came with me because she could have probably answered that one better than me. Well, yeah. I mean, if you nothing wrong, you're kind of answering it. Hooters. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, if they if they want to sponsor a barbecue team, I mean, for chicken wings. <laughs> I mean, I get it. We we kind of we're bad about Mexican restaurants, or and at one point after a contest, I was bad about cold sandwiches. I didn't want anything hot, especially if it's summertime. Uh-huh. And we had been out cooking. I wanted to go to a sub, not a Subway, but like you know, a Jersey Mike's or a Lenny's or something like that. Whatever we got around here, if we were locally, I wanted that. And I wanted to go home, take a shower, and then sit down and relax and eat a cold sandwich. I, you know, that was just kind of a, a routine I had for a while. I got on a winning streak. Yeah. Oh, Mitchell got me hooked on that sauce you guys carry on your uh, your site. Uh, Bob, Barbecue Bob's Mighty Mitch Wing Sauce. Out of the wing sauce. It's good. That stuff's good. Got the garlic in it. Really good. That stuff's good. So, you know, talking about that wing sauce, we actually cooked some ribs the other day with that wing sauce on it. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I used the chicken rub mm-hmm. and the hot rub on, wing, on, on ribs, on St. Louis ribs, and cooked them. Wrapped them, pulled them out, and I braced them with that sauce like I was setting sauce with that buffalo sauce. And it was actually with the hints of garlic in it and the butter and all that. It was, I, I thought it turned out great. We loved it. I that mean, great, great flavor profile, something totally different, you know, just to have with a rib. But yeah, hot wing rib, hot wing style rib. Yeah, because I can imagine like you've probably, you guys have probably had ribs every possible way you could think of. You know, I have, but here's the problem. I, I, would, I would say I. I'm not going to say I have. Let me back up just a second. I've cooked ribs a lot of different ways, trying to, you know, barbecue ways. But now I'm trying to do different stuff with them. And so, like, the hot wing rib was one, uh, you know, before, uh, even though it was a Dr. Pepper glazed rib, you know, Candace kind of come up with. Uh, cherry Dr. Pepper. Cherry first. Dr. Pepper. It turned out really good when we reduced the cherry Dr. Pepper down and used it in the barbecue sauce and all that. It was a really good rib. Uh, but, pie rib. but now I just want to, I don't know, create some different styles of ribs with different, put different twists on them, you know, like maybe making a teriyaki one and, you know, different ones, uh, just, just stuff like that. I love doing that. It's like trying to just do something different, like just because you, you don't want to eat the same flavors all the time doing something. Yeah, that's that's what I love about the cooking process, man. It's like just doing something different, trying to create something new. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you're done cooking it, you hardly even want to sit down and eat to where you almost just want to enjoy seeing everybody else eat it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's by the time you cook. And I mean, I we were talking about this the other day. You know, on a different podcast, my grandmother cooking, she didn't allow anybody in the kitchen to snack or carry on, right? And now as cooks, like we are all men, we're outside, we're always taking that that, that cook's snack, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether it was a little bite of the steak or whatever, sneaking a bite of something or whatever. And you really don't feel like eating a full plate by the time you get everything in the house to everybody else, or at least I don't, um, you know. Uh, totally off topic, but changing because I'm going squirrel random right now. But something that's resonated with me is when I met you two years ago at the Royal and we were in your trailer 
and you were you were trimming ribs, and I'm asking you a hundred questions because I'm this freaking new guy, right? And here you are, you're like Shane. I remember this, and I tell a lot of people because I mean, they, a lot of people ask me questions now just because I cook so much. The one thing you said to me, you said, Shane, I will tell you everything I do. You still got to do it, you know. And if that ain't the damn truth, man, like you told me tips and tricks and everything to do you know how hard it still is to freaking do it and make it come out perfect well that's i think the thing with a lot of people they take it for granted i mean there is a science behind cooking and there's methods and there's madness right and you can take that and manage that and figure out a flavor profile that works but there's a lot of good rubs and sauces out there i'm not going to say that you're winning because of my rubs and sauces because that would be unfair at the end of the day it's a tenderness game i know that and um if you cook it to the right doneness and figure that out of how to push that product to the limit and then how to overcome if it's not where it needs to be at that time frame. That's where a lot of people cycle in their head of how they get past a mistake happening. And, you know, people's heard me say it over and over again. I probably told you this that day in the trailer. <laughs> no two animals are the same. Correct. So you can't get two ribs out of one animal. And so you think about that. If you're cooking six or eight racks of ribs, you're, you're dealing with three or four animals there or more. It might be one rack out of each one because, you know, you don't know how that was packed. Yeah. You know, depending on how the quality of life was, that animal's how that rib is going to turn out of that butt yeah. or that ham or whatever, brisket for a cow. Well, it's like chicken legs, too. I mean, we turn in six, seven legs. Every one of those legs is from a different bird. Now, do you turn in right legs or left legs? <laughs> Front legs, not back Front. legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Front legs, not Front back le- legs. Yeah. Front legs only. Now, can you tell me where the back legs is at on the chicken? <laughs> right behind the front ones. <laughs> 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 right behind the front ones. That's pretty good. But, yeah, so, like, I mean, you'll have six judges, right? And, I mean, you've turned – they take their bites, and you got five judges that are like, nine, 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 nine. And you got one that's like, nine, seven, seven. It's like, what the heck was different? You know, same flavors, cooked the same way. But that one chicken maybe ate something different or – I mean, you just don't know. Well, also, that one judge may have not have cleansed his palate before he tried your chicken. He may have not have took a bite of a saltine cracker. He may have not have, you know, washed his mouth out with water and tried to do that to get a fresh bite i mean so you you know there's a lot of factors in there you know there's a lot of judges that are celebrity judges and yeah. higher standard judges out there these days i hate to say that i tell you what's helped me a lot with your with your products and i mean we do have a mix of a couple others in there but your products have really helped me standardize on a flavor profile and that's really for me been the hardest part of the game is i'm learning the the, the probe tender you know but the flavor profiles being able to standardize on that has really changed our game for me personally that our stuff is consistent and like i'm going to cook the same cue here in memphis as i'm going to cook in kansas city as i'm going to cook in texas now these flavor profiles that go that hit in memphis and kcbs don't really hit that well in texas you know we cook some cba comps and they they score on one to ten and we'd have judges giving us 10 10 10 10 10 10 and then we'd have seven eight eight seven eight eight and he's like well what do you change you don't. You had two judges that loved it, and you had two judges that, meh, or maybe didn't cleanse their palate or whatever. But for us, your products and the ones that we've been using, we've been able to finally get consistent with a flavor profile. And I think that's been the hardest part for me is getting the same end result every time. Well, you know, I tell a lot of guys, I see it on the Internet every week. You let uh, certain teams find out another team used something else to win with, they go jump on that bandwagon. And I know teams that post stuff online just to throw other teams off, you know, and even buy bottles and put them on counters and all that kind of stuff. I know these people do it. We make 
jokes about it. And everybody goes and chasing and buying this rub over here because so Jim said he won with it over here, Joey or whatever, whoever, you know. And I don't understand that. If people would just, no matter whose rub it is, I'm not saying it's about mine, find, find a flavor that you can get consistent with and stay with it because at the end of the day, it's just that tenderness game. Just cook it after that. Just yeah. cook it. It ain't how you start, it's how you finish Correct. You know, and it's like, I, I'm guilty of that. You know, I've, I talk to a lot of the big teams, you know, I'll go ask them questions and they're we're real welcoming and, you know, tell you stuff. You know, I've talked to Tim Shear, I've talked to Bill Purvis, Chicken Fried, and they've been really open and, you know, give you tips and tricks and pointers. And it's like, well, I can't just change my recipe because that works for him, you know, and I've done it in the past. You know, I mean, I've got a bottle of Blues Hog, I've got a bottle of Craig's, I've got a bottle of Slaps, i got a bottle, I mean... It's like, hey, those are all three phenomenal They're great sauces. sauces. But it's like, and, and I've won with Blue Hog, Blue Hog, and, you know, I've won with your sauce. So it's like if just finding finding that right mix that works for you, I mean, and sticking with it, you know, That's instead right. of jumping all over because you saw so-and-so post, yeah, hey, this was hitting this weekend. Yeah. What hits for you, it won't might not hit for me. That's right. You might not be on the same table. Correct. I mean, and that's what it's about. You're really, even though it might be 50, 60, 70 teams, 25, whatever it may be, you're only really going against the six teams on that one table. You know, and you're, you you need to come off of that table. If you dominate that table, then you're going to be in toward the top. You're going to get a call no matter what it's in. Um you know, but really focusing on that. And do you have any kind of strategic methods of how you turn in your boxes? You know, you know, chickens first, ribs, pork, you know, whatever. But do you have any kind of method? Do you go in on the front of the window for chicken as soon as you can? So usually chicken I want to get in early just because I don't want my chicken to get cold and the skin to change at all. Because, I mean, I've got my timing down on my chicken to where it's coming out of, it's coming out of the butter bath. We're saucing it, and it's coming – we're setting the sauce, and – it's going in the box and gone. I mean, so we've got our timing down perfectly for that. But we're early on chicken. As soon as the window opens, my wife's going. So, yeah. And she makes our boxes. Because I'm a bull in a china shop. I'll get sauce all over the dang thing. And, oh, you know. I'll teach you some tricks on oh, that. He gets sauce everywhere, too. <laughs> I just got to learn I get, to clean I it. I splatter stuff on the walls, man, and, and everything else. But I make it work. Like, don't make come in work. my trailer. Because, like, we, we have, like, a regular toy hauler. And, like, it has uh, the, the paper blinds that come down. There is inject all over those blinds. There's nothing you can do with an injection coming out of a butt or a brisket when you're trying to. Especially a brisket when you're trying to pattern it, you know, checkerboard pattern it down it. You can bet when you get near one end that you're going to get a squirter somewhere in the eye, shirt, on a wall, somewhere. <laughs> on your wife. On your yeah. wife. After the, <laughs> after the last count, my wife wasn't with me, and I, I, I kind of made a mess. And then after I was done, I packed up and went home, and we were getting ready to come here, and she got in the trailer, and she goes, are you mm. kidding me? I was like, my bad, you know. <laughs> you're right. And so on ribs, how do you – you turn in. Uh, so as quick as you can get it ready because you got a fifteen minute window or, or ten minute 10 window, minute five window. minutes, four and five minutes after. So that's I guess that's the question I'm asking. You try to get ribs in as soon as you do, about middle of the pack. Yeah. Uh, so I've got the timing down to where we're getting ready to close the box as the window's opening, and by the time she gets there, it's right at turn in time. How about pork? Uh, so when you ask me what I was struggling with, it's between pork and brisket because I got the tenderness down. So I think on my money muscles and stuff, but it's, uh, keeping it hot, you know, keeping them hot, keeping them warm. So that's your mistake. Yep. You know why? Why? Food's got to eat good cold, not warm. Really? All right. Here's my theory on that. It's the reason I was asking okay. you that. And this is just my theory. Chicken, they're going to judge it as soon as it goes in the door because they have not really figured out the table pattern good, right? Or they have, they know exactly where your box is going. You can look right. at it two ways. 
depending on which organization you're cooking in. Second category goes in, which is ribs. They want to make sure you don't hit that same table, right? Right. So By the time pork goes in, it gets a little more complicated to wrap those boxes because you got to make sure that box or that team don't go table. to the same table again. So the, tares, the tables are getting, you know, less and less yeah. of them to put you on. You know, you'd have knocked two out of the mix if it's not the six tables or seven tables. So they got to make sure you don't go on that table. So pork may sit there three or four minutes. If you turn it in on the front of that window, it's sitting there longer just on a table, right, waiting to go to over here. So your box may sit there 10, 12 minutes before it gets open to get judged. And then they've got to open all five, six entries, put them on the lids. they got to be judged for appearance first. Or if yours is number six or five down here before they even get to it to sample, it's done set here with cold air. So you got to make sure that pork eats good cold. It don't matter what it eats like hot. That makes sense. I didn't think about that. Mm-mm. Brisket, you almost have to, in my opinion, overshoot it for it to tighten back up to where it needs to be perfect. Yeah. If you cook it just where it needs to be, it's going to tighten, tighten back, back up because it's going to have the longest weight up there. Yeah. Because now you're down that last entry and they got three other tables. They don't want to put you back on that same table if they keep from it. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you do wind up on the same table more than once, but it's not very often. Yeah. It's not. It depends on how many really tables are there in contests and all that. But Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't think about that. Yeah, and so that that's where I say there's a lot of scientific factor to go in all that, and there's a lot of human error. Yeah. and But really not human error. It's just having to wait. The process. To get you, the process of it to make sure the integrity is there for that contest. Yeah. So that's something to, to weigh in the back of your mind, in my opinion, of doing your practice box at home and then letting it sit on the counter 20 minutes and then you popping it, looking at it two or three minutes and then tasting it. I'll try that. And tell you if your tenderness is still there then. Yeah. And that's going to tell you whether you need to keep going up See, and what. Early on with my briskets, I was having trouble because I was cooking it to, man, it was probe tender butter. And then, of course, go to my Cambro and let it rest and pull it back out. And it's like, wait a minute. And I've got to start slicing it and turn it in. I, I figured it out, you know, heating it back up sometimes helps and loosen it back up. And, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, I never thought about that, though. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a world of difference with all that. I mean, you know, depending on what sanctioning body you're in and all that. We actually uh, talked about that the other day. Um, I don't know if you've ever judged or if you're a judge. We've we've both judged in, in different sanctioning bodies, but it's rare that we've actually gotten a hot piece of meat. Really? We had that conversation. So if you, if you cool ever decide cold. to judge, you'll see that. I've had some people suggest that to me, like, hey, it'll change your cooking game if you go judge a few contests because yeah. you'll, you'll hear what the judges are thinking and saying mm-hmm. and doing and talking, and, and you'll see it on the other True. side. And I haven't done that yet, but – I've, I've been of the mindset if I got a free weekend, I'm going to go cook. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, you know, the thing about it. I, I, I was like that way, too. I never took anybody's cooking class. Uh, I figured it all out on my own. I spent tens of thousands of dollars. And, and I give the people advice now, man, go take a judging class. Go j- just get one weekend, yeah. take a judging class. Go take two or three barbecue classes throughout the year. Take one year to learn stuff. And it's not really so much seeing people's recipes. It's seeing how they do something. And you could take three or four people's classes kind of put that method together in your head to go forward. But I will say, you really need to take somebody's class in the mix of what grill you're going to be cooking on. And so whether it's an offset, whether it's drums, whether it's gravity-fed, whether it's pellet grills, I would say take somebody's class when you can. That, that yeah, I mean, because if you, if you go take a class on a cooker that you don't cook on and you're not familiar, it's not going to... I mean, uh, it, it could help you flavor-wise, I guess, as far as building your recipe, but as far as your cooking times and all that, it's not going to... 
do you any good. I did tell you, I took Myron Mixon's class about a year ago. Uh, Myron's a wealth of information. Mm-hmm. He'd been cooking a long time. Yeah. Uh, some of it was geared towards competition, but a lot of a lot of the people at the class weren't really competition cooks, so a lot of the questions weren't geared towards competition. But I did learn some tips and tricks and just little things. I was supposed to go take Travis Clark's class this February, but we had some stuff pop up where I couldn't make it to his class. And then uh, I was supposed to go to Joe's, Joe uh, Pierce's Pierce. class Last year, but something came up and I couldn't make that one either. But it's those are those would be two, um, in my opinion, two top classes to take. Both Travis and and Joe is is on their game one hundred and ten percent. Boys know what to do. Both great guys too. Great guys. Yeah, I talk to Travis here and there every now and then. He's pretty good dude. Have you been to his restaurant? I haven't. But I heard you talk about it the other day. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's up there as one of your 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 favorites. So. It is. It's on the list of the top five. It's a uh, very solid yeah. man. Got to give it to the man. He uh he done what people said couldn't be done, and I've got to give him kudos for that because he's he's killing it. With it's it's good. Yeah. He does a great job. Well, look, Shane, I appreciate you coming on today and people hearing your story. And I can't look, but for us to be even closer friends on down the road, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough. Tell people where they can find you at, though. You know, they get to looking for you. Yeah, we're on Facebook at Damn Yankee Texas Barbecue. We're on Instagram at Damn Yankee Texas Barbecue. Um, got a, I got a TikTok, but I'm not real good at doing those. Uh, trying to get my wife to do them, but she doesn't stay up on it. But we're on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and uh, trying to get it going. And man, I can't thank y'all enough for having me. I mean, being a newer team and trying to be up and coming and cook a lot and, you know, I mean, just trying to do it the right way. Like, you know, I talked to Mitchell quite a bit. I'm like, man, I don't I don't ever expect anything free out of the barbecue game. I just want to be a part of something bigger, you know, and, and being a part of, you know, being on Team Heath Riles, man, I mean, it's it's cool, you know, because two years ago when I first started barbecuing, a buddy of mine introduced me to your products, and I was like, man, this stuff's good. That garlic jalapeno rub, man, I'm hooked. I mean, but, yeah, like I said, I just can't thank y'all enough because I know there's some really big top-name teams out there, and y'all inviting me here means a lot, so I, I appreciate you. Well, we want everybody to hear their perspective from kind of a, a, a broader vision, and, and you're one of the newer teams starting out, so giving your perspective to people may help somebody else get into competition barbecue barbecue and and as long as we can help further that along and and talk about it and it may not be competition barbecue if it might just be hanging out with your family and friends and cooking good barbecue it don't matter i I really appreciate you coming on and and y'all heard the damn yankee that's right he's uh he can't wait and uh i'm just so glad and stoked you're here man and uh thank you for everything i really do i appreciate it thank you cheers cheers my friend he's drinking coffee and (laughs) i'll tell you later on what i'm drinking y'all have a good day we'll see you next week on another episode shooting the cue Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.